Chloé, notre petite fille, leur a donné des noms, mais moi... Alors, il y a les deux premières, là. Il y a Chaussette et... His granddaughter has given names to them. <laughs> yes. One of them is called Chaussette. Princesse, Chaussette, Biscotte, Chippie. Um, one's called Red Mac, one's called Midnight. Étoile. Uh, I like that they're just in your garden and you actually have pets. Because yeah. now we don't have any pets because we used to have a hamster, it died. We used to have fish, they died. And it's nice to just like have pets in the house. Diamond is cautious. Tweed, it's Morris's. She's kind of like a golden brown one. Princess. Princess. Chaussette. Chippy, biscotte, rose, étoile. Rose, mm. Et euh, l'autre, je ne sais plus. No, that's it, six. Ça y est, c'est bon. Ah. Six. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Jack is dead. Jack is dead. Jack is dead. We used to have four, but we lost um, the grey one a long, long time ago, and we lost the white, the white one, um, I think, in February, maybe. What kind of things do you feed them? They eat anything. What do we not feed them, do you know? Meat. We looked at Jackie on the Sunday when you brought her round and we decided not to eat her that day. We ate her the following day, and there was definitely some discussion because because she was quite a slender beast. Yeah, she was very little. She was very little. We wondered whether roasting her would just make her diminish in size. Jackie was really adventurous. She only wanted to adventure about. We start getting into some of the interesting bits and really sorting out what is delicious from what is not. One of the things that is not delicious is this little bumpy gland and nozzle right there above her tail. Um, and she sometimes went behind the back of the shed. And then she found lots of worms and snails and slugs and stuff like that. If I squeeze it, this kind of yellow oil comes out. The, the yellow oil does not taste really good. So I quite fancied cutting up the carcass into pieces and mixing it in with onions and then baking in a dish with lots of different flavors and everything else. I just kind of cut down to the spine and kind of scoop up that gland. Do you remember the conversations we had later that day after school about you know, what do we do with Jackie? Yeah. This is fat. That's delicious. This, not so much. We are meat eaters, aren't we? And she is an edible pet. Yeah. But it's quite odd having an edible pet, don't you think? Dogs. Would you eat a dog? No. Cat? Would you eat a cat? No. Why? Because... And these feet are delicious in their own way, 
but they're kind of crusty, so I want to get those off of there. I just feel where the joint is. Because it's, it would be quite awkward, and it would be quite hard. And cut it, and you'd see your toes relax as I cut the tendons. Which probably would have been delicious, but then Andrew quite rightly pointed out, they have got a really distinct flavour, and what we should probably do is to make a lot of vegetables, but still just quite simply roast her. Because it's, it would be quite awkward. You mean the killing of the cat? Yeah. <laughs> when I teach people about butchering, I want to emphasize, like, hey, it's not being about brutal and macho. It's um, really about understanding that, hey, you kill things and eat them. But let's say the cat's just been hit by a car. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we roasted her and we used the fat that came off her and we roasted potatoes and butternut squashes and braised a cabbage. I didn't make up how the world works, but it just seems to be what needs to happen, whether it's a chicken or whether it's a carrot. Um, and it's just our vertebrate bias that might make a chicken seem different than a carrot. And then had some peas as well. And then we made gravy out of the non-fatty stuff. So every single bit was all consumed and she was delicious. So, okay, cat's just been hit by a car. What do you do, Logan? Call the rat. Yeah, that's what we did do, isn't it, when we saw a dead cat in the street. But not once did we think, do you know what, I think we should eat this cat. Okay, okie doke. I'm gonna slit the skin. And we got a couple of tubes to deal with here. We have the trachea, the windpipe, which kind of feels like a plastic straw. It's fairly stiff. And then we have this tube, the esophagus, which is where all the food comes in. And my goal here is to remove the digestive tract in one piece. Um, so I'm going to start at this end by loosening it up. There's this bag here. You can see some of the remains of her food. And I'm going to loosen that up. And you sent me a picture. I looked at the picture and thought, oh, that looks delicious. <laughs> and I, I, I wow, look, that's a quarter of a cabbage. That's extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, totally recommend that, by the way. I had never roasted a cabbage before, and it is amazing. So what is a pet? It's kind of like something that you keep and it's a living animal and you take care of it. A dog or a cat or some hens. Close the hands in. 
both your great grandmas had hens. Great grandma had hens in Scotland and in Uganda, in Africa. And great granny had hens in Ireland. When I was about 21, my mother was seriously ill and had to go into hospital and I was left to look after the hens. So I was very anxious to do a good job and spent a lot of time with these hens. But unfortunately, the egg numbers went down and the egg numbers went down and the egg numbers went down and until they were laying about half the number of eggs they normally laid. And I didn't want to tell Mummy because she was so poorly. I kept saying that her hands are fine, the hands are fine. And then eventually Mummy came out of hospital and came home and wanted to see her hands. So, so it turned out that I hadn't understood properly how much I should feed the hands. And the poor hands were undernourished. Um, and that's why they had stopped laying so many eggs. Nightmare. Uh, did I feel good or did I not? And in about a month's time, they were all back laying their normal eggs and no hens had died, but there was just a loss of income for a while, but that was grand. It became a joke in the end, you know, don't let Doreen feed your hens. <laughs> The hen money, the money the wife got for the eggs, that was her kind of money. And that's what she did, bits and pieces in the house with her, you know, maybe a bunch of a new dress or something. But that was considered um, the woman's money, the hen money was the money. And the men seldom ever looked after the hens. When we looked after them and any money that, that came was hers then. The keeping of hens was really grandma's ticket to getting to Uganda. Because in the wartime, you couldn't get a passage in a convoy um, unless you had some reason to be traveling. And she was married, newly married, and that was one reason. But they said at the research station where father was working that if she had a skill that she could take, they would manage to get her out a wee bit quicker. So they asked what she could do, and she said, well, I'm trained poultress. A Household Book for Africa by E.G. Bradley. When you start housekeeping in Africa, cut a hole in a tin and put a penny in for each chicken that you eat. When you retire, you will have a sum large enough to start a poultry farm on your own, if you can bear the sight of the things. Great, come here and set up a poultry station. And it was a, a research station not too far from Kampala in Uganda. But it would have been a little enclave of people doing research, including my father, who was doing research into 
cotton and cotton plants and the viability of cotton in Uganda. African village fowls are smaller and darker than their European kindred. They are more like game birds and when treated with ingenuity and respect need not become objects of despair. There was nothing there, I think, when she arrived. So she had to search about, get the carpenters to make uh, chicken coops and make a little uh, chicken run. And then she had to find chickens, which included, I think, going around villages and speaking to people and saying, do you know where there are any hens? And she just gathered together a gaggle of hens, basically. Your cook will chop off the head of the bird and hang it by the legs overnight in the feathers. The next morning, he will remove the feathers and the entrails. He will use the neck and wings for soup. And she started breeding, I think. She probably must have had a cockerel because she started breeding them. And it was quite a success. So she got going uh, at enough, I suppose, enough hens and eggs to keep the place viable. Fry the chicken livers with bacon for breakfast or roll them in bacon for savouries or dice them and fry them with onion, parsley and herbs for omelette or cook them a little and pound them into a paste with mustard, salt, pepper, Worcester or tomato sauce or chutney juice to make a savoury meat paste. I'm sure she would have had help. She would have done almost nothing herself except for the actual poultry handling. To devil chicken legs, score them, spread them with thin-made mustard and a few drops of Worcester sauce, roll an egg and crumb or flour, seasoned with curry powder, and fry them in plenty of very hot fat with potatoes, onions, etc. And what was Grandma mm. like with the hens? I mean, she did, she never had them as pets, did she? No, exactly. No. I don't remember them as she pets. She had a different no. attitude. Yes, yes. yes. And then did she kill them and eat them? She absolutely yes. did. Mm. She was mm. very good at wringing their necks. Mm. <clears throat> she could tuck the hen under her arm. Yeah. She got hold of the head in her other hand. Mm. And she was very good. You do a very particular pull mm. and twist. Fricassee. Fry an onion or a garlic clove in butter or fat or olive oil. Thicken with flour and cook until an even brown. Add cold stock or milk until the gravy is thin. Put in cut-up chicken and cook until tender. Season with sauces. And I watched how you took the guts out and oh, yes, uh, watched I remember how that. you mm. removed the gizzard and the heart. And, and show, being shown the gra grains in the Inside gizzard. Inside the gizzard, mm. yes. Well, I think you did that for me. I I'm remember. sure I did. Mm. I, I'm sure I will have done. I was always able to do that. Club sandwich. A slice of buttered toast. On top of it, a slice of chicken garnished with sauce or mayonnaise. On top of that, a slice of buttered toast. On top of that, some grilled bacon. And on top of that, a slice of buttered toast. Keep hot. Just before serving, put some lettuce and tomato, vinaigrette or mayonnaise on the top. Cut this three-decker sandwich into four and serve at once. It is a balanced and adequate meal in itself. Boiled fowl. There is no more depressing sight than a whole naked boiled fowl steaming on a plate. Don't allow it. Skin it and cover the brute in a parsley or caper sauce, or better still, cut it into neat joints and pour the sauce over it. Garnish with slices of boiled marrow, or hollow out the marrow, boil it, put the diced chicken into the centre and cover with parsley or caper sauce. To boil, Put the chicken in a pot, nearly cover it with water, add salt, pepper, diced vegetables and onions. 
Boil it for a long time until the chicken no longer resists the fork. Once upon a time, there was a little red hen. She lived all by herself in a little house in the woods. I miss him. Did you love Jackie? Mm-hmm. I miss him. It was a her. Yeah, I miss him. <laughs> Me too. One day she managed to climb upstairs into the top room and um, poops on the bed and three poops there. The sly young fox wanted to eat the little red hen for his dinner. He made all sorts of plans to catch her. He tried many, many times to catch her. One night, Mummy um, forgot um, to close the hens in. And then a fox came. And, oh, no. Um, uh, our hen called Jackie um, got bit under the wing. When Daddy opened her wing up, I saw, like, a dragony bite. Do you think there's a chance she was killed by a dragon? Yeah, it was. I was. It was. One day, the sly young fox said to his mother, Today I will catch the little red hen. I have made the best plan of all. at the same time like <coughs> sort of fox uh, and a dragon like <coughs> I shall put the little red hen in this bag he said to his mother as he went out put a pot of water on the fire to boil we shall have the little red hen for our dinner um, can you tell me about the night that Jackie was killed, Daddy. Of course. I was deeply asleep. I think it was about five in the morning. And I was woken up by the... Like a, a tapping noise and a... What turned out to be a hen sort of squawking. Tap, squawk, tap, squawk, tap, squawk. And I tried to go back to sleep. Then the sly young fox crept up to the little red hen's house. He hid himself by the side of the house and waited. Soon the little red hen came out of her little house. She did not see the sly young fox. And it woke me up again, so it must a good few minutes before I actually got up out through the bedroom door and through the living room door and then at the back door which is a glass door, was Tweed, one of our hens. 
and she'd been the one making a terrible clacking noise. She must have maintained it for about five minutes to get me downstairs. And I opened the door and I really knew something was up because she didn't run away. She was stood there, so I picked her up and stroked her and I sort of looked about. Well, where's everybody else? And so I walked through the garden, which isn't very big, and through the henproof fence, which Tweed somehow got over, and went to the the coop, and there was one hen there brooding. The little red hen had left the door of the house open, and when her back was turned, the sly young fox crept inside the house. The sly fox hid behind the door. The little red hen carried her wood into the house. She shut the door. Then she saw the sly young fox. And then round the back of the coop was Jackie. Up on the high beam, the little red hen felt safe. She knew that the sly young fox could not get her up there. Round and round went the sly young fox, round and round without stopping. Soon the little red hen's head began to go round and round and round. She became so dizzy that she fell down from the high beam. Ha ha, said the sly young fox, as the little red hen dropped into his bag. Who said I could not catch you? I went round the back of the hen house and I saw Jackie. I thought she was asleep in a strange way, but her head was pointing backwards. And then I looked around a bit more and there was feathers around the garden. This whole time I had tweed in my hand, stroking her. And then I sat for a few minutes and stroked her. And she didn't want to escape at all. She was quite happy to be there. It was a hot day. On the way, the fox sat down for a rest and soon he fell asleep. When the fox was asleep, the little red hen popped her head out of the bag. Then she crept quietly out. The little red hen picked up some big stones. She put the stones in the bag. Then back home she ran. Yeah, we inspected the bird, the deed bird. And I thought almost it had been shot by an air rifle because it was just like a pinprick of a hole in its chest. But I think, well, it was a fox. I just grabbed it and squeezed it. Um, yeah, and there was feathers around the garden. As the sly young fox came to his den, he shouted to his mother, I've got the little red hen at last. Is the water boiling? Yes, my son, said his mother. Then the sly young fox opened the bag over the pot of boiling water. The big stones fell into the water with a very big splash. The boiling water splashed all over the sly young fox and his mother. They were both killed at once. The end. No, it not the end. <laughs> the little red hen lived happily ever after in her little house in the woods. I miss her eggs. I think you had it for breakfast this morning, that egg. Oh.
Was it nice? Yeah. That was the last time Jackie made. That's right. Yeah, we, then we went and got Logan. We waited a while longer and got Morris. Kind of cried for a moment. Said, "Can I see it?" So I took him to the garage where the corpse had been moved to, and his immediate concern was whether the eyes would be squishy or not. So he confirmed that indeed, Jackie's Jackie's eyes were squishy. He's quite interested in that, and I showed him where the bite was. are alive. You really can't touch their eyes, can you? Yeah. Only when dead. And then did you look while I was um plucking the feathers and yeah. taking the guts out? Yeah. And what was that like? Disgusting. You could see us. Can't see anymore. Can't see anymore. But yeah, Tweed was obviously pretty traumatised. She now she still stays close to the house, and she never used to try and get in the house. Whereas now she'll try and sneak in and sit under the kitchen table as often as she can, which I actually don't mind. C'est la boulette grise qui pond dans l'église. Elle va pondre un petit coco pour son petit qui va faire d'odiche. Elle va pondre un petit coco pour son petit qui va faire dodo, d'odiche, dodo. That morning was the morning when, when we discovered that Britain had voted to leave the EU. So standing there in tears in the garden, kind of going, oh, wow, we lived this idyllic life beforehand where we didn't have foxes. <laughs> and now you've got a dead chicken and you're leaving the EU. Yes. <laughs> Result. One night Farmer Brown was taking the air, locked up the barnyard with the greatest of care. Down in the hen house, something stirred when he shouted, who's there? This is what he heard. There ain't nobody here but us chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. So calm yourself and stop that fuss. There ain't nobody here but us. We chickens trying to sleep and you but in. Hello, this is Alexia. Hi, Alexia. It's Zoe. Hello there, Zoe. How are you? Amazing. I can't believe this is working. <laughs> on the day when I was left with the dead hen, I had your video playing on my phone. Um, on, and mm. I was outside in my garden and I would just like press play. OK, go through a little bit. OK, now do that. And, and it was like going mm -hmm. on this journey with you. Mm -hmm. So I was really, really glad of what yeah, you'd done. I was done. A, a vegetarian for... 12 years, vegan for 10 of those years. So if you'd told me long ago that I would have a YouTube video on humane chicken processing, I would definitely not have believed you. 
I even had a woman stop me in the grocery store once. <laughs> but I know you from somewhere. Where do I know you from? Oh, you're the chicken lady. The one with the chicken video. In the hen house, something stirred. When he shouted, who's there? This is what he heard. There ain't nobody here but us chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. So I, I want to eat meat, and yet I still love animals. And I don't want to be hypocritical about this, so I had better do my own animal processing. And it took me pretty much all day to do chicken processing the first time I did it. Yeah. Um, but quite a journey of discovery. I was amazed. I thought, wow, I've, I've studied biology in school for so many years, but this is really where the rubber meets the road. This is such an education about yeah. bodies and how they work and just how amazing life is and how we're put together and how similar I am to a chicken or a sheep. I've also processed sheep here on the farm. It's really helped me appreciate my life more. Hey, boss man. What do you say? Hi. Hi. Is that Osvanira? Finally. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I got your name from Tom, who's oh. seeing you with his dog. Yeah, yeah, uh, Pepino. So your training was for poultry, isn't it? Actually, I am animal scientist. I worked during three years with uh, buffalo's behavior. Mm -hmm. And then I started to work with hens, actually with poultry, poultry production. In the last two years, I'm working with pets, <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> so you're like my, my perfect person. You're, you deal with pets and <laughs> you have a background with poultry. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I'd like to ask you about my really specific situation. Yeah, okay. So I had these yeah. three hens and then it was really my fault. I left the, the door open one night and and a fox came the fox got one hen. and now they have quite strange behavior i think um the one uh, that didn't see anything went broody and has been broody for now more than two months with no chicks and no eggs and then the other hen just wants to be inside the house. She just, at any opportunity, comes in and comes under our dining table. So I wonder about getting two more chickens to add um, and if you think that this would, would be okay. We know birds uh, feel grief. They, they grieve. It's, it's normal. I think that the one who is brooding, probably she, she didn't see anything, but she could hear something. Yeah. They have the ability to share uh, emotional states. Mm. So uh, probably what happens is the first one that stays brooding, she probably is traumatized too. I'm not sure, but there, there are a lot of experiments about how birds learn they have a memory yeah so uh, probably what's going on is they have the memory about what happens they feel the emotional state it's it's unbalanced yeah so if you give more uh experiences if you give a, a different thing for them to do yeah. maybe 
maybe, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because it's, it's the same way that we try with dogs. I think you should try to make modifications mm -hmm. on your environment mm -hmm. and wait like one, two weeks and see how they behave and then try to put new individuals there. Okay, that sounds like a great plan. Eyes are brown, black teal, bluebell, speckledy, light Sussex star, white star. Partridge, Nero, Daisy Bell, Curlnick, Amberlink, Lavender Splash, Columbine. Well, do you know what? Diamond's not broody, is she? Yeah, no. So the thing must have worked. Yeah. So, we could go and get new hens. We could... Today? Yeah. Do it. Well, what I'll have to do is call Jane and see if we can go today. Edinburgh chickens started because I had chickens of my own and had an odd incident with fox and things like that. So, I needed to replace chickens and couldn't find somewhere easily to buy them. Because of that, I thought there must be a gap in the market and decided to source some pullets that I could sell to people. Uh, we decided we'd just take the plunge. So um, we just got some cash together and cleared out some stables and put them in. Started from there and it just completely took off. So it's not hobby hens, it's business hens. It's business hens with the ones I buy in, but I do also keep um, hens in the garden and I've gone from four or five and then up to about ten. And then as we started running this, I just sort of pick hens out at a time. So I have about 40 or 50 that are in the paddock at the back garden, mainly eggs, and we sell their eggs at the, you know, farm gate. Are you sure we don't want a soft white one? Do you think we're stressing them out? It's all right. <laughs> we got a lavender splash hen and a columbine. And the lavender splash is like, she loves me. Do you know what I was wanting? A jet black one, but then the lavender splash and just went running around following me wherever I went. So it chose us instead. <laughs> and what about the columbine? You chose the columbine, didn't you? It's so nice. It's a sweet little hen, isn't it? Yeah, but really scared. Sometimes she can really pet. We've got one. Okay. Who chose us? Is that 
no. I think what we've discovered is that, for want of a better phrase, there is a cut-off point between comprehension and action. And when we ate our first two hens, we explained what we were going to do to Juno, and she was very understanding about it and fully and happily participated in the magnificent coq au vin that Andrew created out of the two chickens. They were very well celebrated after they died. However, when it came around this time to the discussion after we'd lost a hen, we discussed eating the others because they had seemingly come a little bit towards the end of their laying lives. Juno was horrified and wouldn't under any circumstances contemplate eating it. I think that what, what we discussed was that if we were to eat your hen with, with great pleasure, should we find ourselves in a necking and plucking situation of our own before too long, we would indeed ask you to eat our hen. Yes, and I think we'd be okay with that. Yeah. Princesse, chaussettes, biscottes, chippy. Um... We'll never have another Jackie. No. Chippy, biscottes, rose, étoile. What's the lavender splash called? Chloe. And why did you call her Chloe? Um, because in France we met a girl who had like six hens all identical and I don't know how she told them apart. So you named it after her? She was really nice. Do you think you'll ever forget to shut them in again? Well, I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs>